fatness. And he makes me. Is he making anybody this morning drink from pleasures of delight? I, I feel the Lord making me drink this morning. I feel the Lord making me have a drink of his pleasures. I feel the Lord making us, making us drink from the river of his pleasure that never runs dry. <laughs> it keeps on. It's like a river. It just keeps rolling. It just keeps rolling. <laughs> Teaching, meetings. I can, I can have a class. We can have service in that room with people in China, and they can hear every single one of you worship. Literally. I mean, you can hear everything in that room. It's so cool. It's so cool. It's awesome. Psalms 27. Y'all just keep going because I don't know where this is headed. Our Heavenly Father are radiating. They're shining down. It's, it's, you don't have to, you don't have, you don't have to go across the country for this. You don't have to be a snowbird to Florida. You can just, you can just tap into the rays of heaven this morning. I, I mean, I, I love, the, I love sitting on the beach in the sun, but, but there's something better. It's the rays of righteousness raining down peace on my soul. If you just receive right now, maybe you need peace for your soul. The rays, the rays of righteousness will bring peace to your soul. Yeah, he brings righteousness. The, the rays of the Father will burn up. The Bible says that he sits as a refiner's fire. Those, those rays of righteousness will burn up every, every trace of envy, every trace of jealousy. Every trace of deceit, every trace of lies. Yeah, those rays of righteousness will they'll they'll even shine in to the deepest, darkest corners of your life. Those rays of righteousness will, will shine in to the to the place of your heart and to your life that you don't want anyone else to go here. His light exposes the dark. His light revealed their weakness when the when the pressure gets turned up don't be tempted to just turn off all the cameras there are Sundays I feel like I just want to turn them all off because we've relied on technology don't shut me down I'm telling you the truth I, I know everybody in here is gonna amen because you're in the building but but we've relied on technology more than we have on being the body of Christ We've allowed the lies. We've allowed the lies to dictate how we live and what we do. You say, well, Pastor, I don't like wearing a mask. Neither do I. Well, I don't want to wear a mask. Then don't wear a blasted mask. I mean, good grief. You figure it out. Somebody's going to throw tomatoes at me. I know. I'm going to get somebody's going to write the health department. You won't believe what our pastor just said. Figure it out. I, I love what Mike said uh, a couple months ago. I was messaging back and forth. And I'm, I'm going to prove to you in the, in the Bible. I'm going to prove to you in the Bible in just a moment in the Bible what I'm saying. So just hang with me. But I, I like what Mike said a couple weeks ago. He, you know, he or months ago, whatever. He got in his accident and he, he was pretty banged up. Thank God for that miracle, by the way. I think we've said that already, but that could have been pretty, that could have been pretty bad. And 
and uh, it was pretty bad. <laughs> but it could have been worse. <laughs> and uh, he said to me, we were texting, he said, you know, I don't care if I have to wear a hazmat suit to get back to church. I am ready to just be back in the building. And uh, he, because he was banged up and needed to rest, so he couldn't be with us, but he was ready. And I love that. I just put on a hazmat suit and get to church. I don't care. I just need to see my brothers and sisters in Christ. I just need to see y'all and worship with y'all. Can, is that okay that I say that? We just need to worship together. We just need to be together. You were designed for this. So I don't worry about all those things. I, you know, do we do due diligence and do what's right? Yeah, but I'm not worried. I'm not, you know, Zoe said the other day, she's like, Daddy, she said, what if, what if somebody comes in with COVID? You know, what are, so we had this whole conversation that, you know, in a seven-year-old's mind, the light just finally dawned. It clicked, you know, hearing all the conversations and everything. She, had, she hasn't heard that at our home, but she, she picked up on it from different people here that had been out in and out talking volunteers and just kind of our, what we do to protect folks. And so she was picking up on stuff. We don't talk about that kind of stuff at home. We don't, we're not, we don't talk about fear or what if somebody gets it and all. It doesn't mean that if it comes up, we don't. It came up and we talked about it, but that's not, that's not our focus. That's not what we talk about. We talk about how was your day? What was going on in your, what was going on in school today or what, you know, in the, it's church, I don't know, whatever we call this place these days, you know, what, what was going on, you know, what was happening, and what did you learn, and that's not our, that's, you know, those things aren't our conversation, now it came up, so we talked about it, and so she had, you know, she was trying to process in a seven-year-old mind, you know, what does this look like, and I said, honey, I said, first off, we don't have to fear about anything. Paul told us in Philippians, whether I live, it's Christ, and if I die, it's gain. So if we happen to get sick, it doesn't matter whether it's COVID or cancer or whatever it is, I'm gravy, baby. This is, we're not worried. I, I'm good. I'm good. So I'm not worried. Now, does that mean I'm gonna, we're going to do stupid things and put ourselves, no, we're going to do our part, but, but I'm not going to stop my normal life, and we're not going to stop normal life just because there's another virus in the world. Don't shout me down when I'm telling you the truth. So I just want to encourage you, like, like I told little seven-year-old Zoe, I'll tell all the 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90-year-olds in the building and make sure I cover everybody. Just say it and online. That, that you don't have to worry your little heart about these things because Jesus has got you covered. He does. He's got you covered. And if you get sick, then bless the Lord, He's great at a healing. And if, if you go into heaven, we'll rejoice. We know how to do funeral services. We'll rejoice. We hate to see you go, but we'll rejoice that you're home. All right, let me keep going. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He's upholding and sustaining my life. I said it a couple weeks ago and I got in trouble. So I'm going to say it again really loud. <laughs> God is in control. 
strength of my life. I live and move and have my being. Acts tells me every single step that I take, every breath, everything. He's the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? This is great. If you've got anxiety stuff going on, you need to write Psalms 27 1 and stick it on your forehead. Matter of fact, write it on the inside of your mask. Just, just stick it just write it on a coffee filter and stick it on the inside of your mask every time you put it on. Or if somebody's saying you just pull it out. The Lord is my light and my salvation. <laughs> Verse 2 says, when the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh. <laughs> have you ever felt that way? That people have come up against you and their goal was to devour you? They wanted to eat your lunch? I think I've actually said that a couple times. That I've said, I, I feel like they just wanted to eat my lunch. Have you felt that way? That they came out, the enemies, the foes, they came up against me. I think about David and Goliath. Goliath was ready to eat the Israelites for lunch. And David marched up to him and said, you've come with your spear and your sword. Saul wanted me to come out here with his armor. That's not why I'm standing here. I've come to you in the name of the Lord. And let me tell you what's about ready to happen. Talk about confidence. I mean, if you go read this story, I mean, this is what faith, this is reality of faith. When you know that you know what God has said about you, it produces a confidence. It produces a Noah who can say to the generation, rain's coming. What you talking about, Noah? We haven't seen rain. We don't know what you're doing. What is rain? It's coming. The floods are coming. We live in such a perfect world. What are you talking about? It's coming. Rains are coming. It inspires a confidence. It, it, there's, there's a confidence on the inside of you to stand and look your in. I'm not afraid of you, you ugly thing. God's getting ready to chop your head off. Matter of fact, he's going to use me to do it. I got a sword, right? You know what? Better yet, I'm going to use your sword, and I'm going to lob your head off, and I'm going to roll that thing like a bowling ball right up in front of Saul. Say, look what my God did. Talk about a confidence. That's exactly what it is. He says, though, though my, an army may encamp against me, not only are my enemies individually coming, but an army can encamp against me. It's not just one ravenous beast. It's a whole army of them ready to devour me. My heart will not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. In this I will be confident. In what? The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. I don't have anything to fear. I have a confidence. I have a hopeful expectation. What is confidence? I have a hopeful expectation that when I get this sling going and the rock gets released, that it's not just going to soar through the air and tap you on the head. That, that rock is going to soar through the air and it is going to land square in your forehead it is going to sink through your brass helmet and right through your skull into your brain and kill you so that's gory pastor that's exactly what happened i have a comment we need to stop talking like the bible is some you know sissy this is not sissy stuff 
David said, I'm, I'm going to sink this rock into your forehead. I have a confident expectation that you're going to die today. And I think sometimes we, not, we need to stop being religious sissies, coming to church, patting ourselves on the back. Sometimes we need some intestinal Holy Ghost fortitude to say, this is what God has said, period. I'm going to open up my mouth and I'm going to speak to that mountain. Some of you need to start talking to your Goliaths and tell them the word of the Lord. Stop backing up, stop shutting up, and open up your mouth and say, this is what the Lord says. There's a time and a place. Listen, you know, you say, well, what about let your gentleness be known to all? I'm going to be real gentle as this rock flies through the air and sticks. There's a difference between gentleness and confidence. I can be gentle in my confidence. I can tell you what God said and be stern about it and be gentle about it at the same time. This is the word of the Lord. You are going to die today. Not you, Goliath. Just making sure you follow. Don't want somebody taking my words or some clip of a video. I, the other thing I need to tell you right here, I'm going to pause before I move on. I need to tell you this. We are facing days where you need to understand what this scripture is all about. I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. I, I, again, this isn't a political statement. But there's a, there's a shift coming in our country over the next few months. And it has nothing to do with about who's elected. They're pawns. I just tell you, they're all they're all pawns. There's 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 a change coming. What we've seen with explosions, I, I'm going to step out on a limb here. I'm going to say something prophetic. But the explosions that we've seen, and I know that they're saying that they're not all attacks. You know, there's there was one one Monday there was what three or four explosions. It was. Did anybody hear those and say, something's up? Did it trigger anybody? Did anybody say, did it trigger anything? Something's up. When you, can I, I'm not telling you to be suspicious of, of everything you see in the media. Don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you to be suspicious because, listen, if all you listen to in the news, and I'm suspicious of everything they say. So, don't, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. But, but my ears perked up. When you hear that, listen to the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. When you see those things, I'm just trying to pastor you right now. When you see those things and your antenna goes up, that's the Holy Ghost trying to get your attention. And it might not just be something on, on the TV. I mean, I have that happen all the time. There are things, I mean, I'll, I'll be walking down the hall and I'll see somebody and my little Holy Ghost, ping, you know, the antenna goes up. I'm like, oh! heard that and then I gotta listen why is, why is my antenna up? why is my discernment radar going off when you hear that listen to the Holy Ghost pause press pause if you can't do it in the moment do it later but take a moment to press pause and say Lord what was that you're trying to get my attention what was it and so let me fast forward so I don't think that this is the end of this I think there, this, the things that we are seeing happen right now 
COVID, racism, the explosions, all of the things, they're just almond branches. They're almond buds. It's the foretaste of what's to come. The Bible tells us about a day where a third of the earth is going to be consumed by fire. When I saw that explosion, I don't know if you saw that explosion video, when I saw that, that was the first thing that came to my mind. Was, and I'm not saying that that's what it was, but it was the first reality that came to my mind was we are living in a day where what Revelation says, the prophecies of Revelation, a third of the earth burning in a, in a moment could happen. That this isn't just... This isn't just a far off idea that some, some Bible writer had, oh, the third of the earth is gonna burn. This, this, this could be reality in any moment and more so in our day than probably any other time in which we live. I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm telling you that you need to understand Psalms 27, that though an army encamp against you, we read it last week, that Jesus said, if they hated me, they are going to hate you and they're going to deliver you over to be killed. This is not sissy Christianity. You gotta know what you know. You gotta know what you, what you know, not just a belief system, but you gotta know it by experience and by reality. Let me keep reading. So this is what David said, verse four, says one thing, so all of this is spinning. But one thing that I've desired of the Lord, and that will I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. One thing, David said, all of my ambitions, all of my affections, all of my energy, all of my effort, everything that I am, who I am, everything that I do is all wrapped up into this one thing. Everything about me, everything about my life, my, my goal, my purposes, my, my achievements, my affections, my emotions, everything that I am is wrapped up into this one thing. One thing. And what is it? That I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord. I want to dwell in His house. That's my aim in life. That's my focus. It's how do I live in his presence? I want to dwell in his house. This David wasn't talking about Solomon's temple. It was ornate and gold and beauty and all these things. He was talking about a tent, a worn out tent where they had brought the Ark of the Covenant from the Philistines back to Jerusalem where there was 24-7 worship happening around the, 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 the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of the Lord. I want to live. He didn't say I want to live in a palace. He didn't say I want all of the, the finest clothes. He didn't say I want all of the all of the all the riches of the world or any of those things. He said, I'm king. The one thing I want is king. The one thing. And he didn't even say I'm king. Like I'm I'm adding that in to help you understand. He said, the one thing, even as king, that I want, I can have anything that I want. King can have anything that he wants. All he's got to do, and, and we know that we know that David had a little bit of a past that he, you know, he got what he wanted, right? And he, he did whatever he had to do to get what he wanted. He killed a man for it. And he's saying something. 
deeper than that. Something, there's something deeper on the inside of me, deeper than that. I want to live what I really want. What I really need is to learn how to live in your presence. What I really need is to understand what it means to dwell in the house of the Lord. What does it mean to dwell in the house of the Lord? It's not just about a building. That's part of it, coming together, worshiping together. But it's not just that. What does it mean to dwell in the house of the Lord? You know, when you go to somebody's house and you're going to stay there for a little while, you're a guest at somebody's house, what do they do? They get the house in order. You have the, you know, if they really like you, they might have some guest towels and your guest room all fixed. And, you know, they, it's all ready. It's clean. Most people clean their home before you, they have guests, you know. They, they make sure the food is all stocked. What kind of food do you want? So the refrigerator is stocked. Everything's ready. What does it mean? And, and, and then if you have kids and you're going to their house, you, got, you have a conversation with the kids, right? Kids, this is how we're going to behave. We're in so-and-so's house. We're going to respect their stuff, right? You, you know, all those conversations. You're going to make sure everything's in order, right? So when you, you can be the best house guest. So not only are they taking care of you, but then you want your family to be the best house guest. Y'all following me? What does it mean to dwell in the house of the Lord? First off, we got to understand that it's his house, not ours. We have the opportunity in his house to worship him, to exalt him. Why is the spotlight on the church right now and God cleaning house in his church? Because the church has become all about the people in the pew and not about whose name is on the door, God's house. And what is happening is there's another name being inscribed upon the doors. It's called Ichabod. The glory has departed because it's become about the people in the pews and not about whose house it is. This isn't, this isn't my house. This isn't your house. It's his house. We become stewards of his house. Remember the Levites? The Levites' job were to take care of the tabernacle, the temple. They were to make sure that everything was done in order. Everything happened. Everything was clean in order. And how God prescribed it to happen, happened according to the way that he determined. If it didn't happen that way, what happened to those Levitical priests when they went into the... That was great. You both did it at the same time. They both, they died. If they didn't do it how God prescribed it, they died. Thank God for his mercy in the day in which we live. We we would all be dead. But, (laughs) But it's his house. The point of that is it's his house. So to live, to dwell in the house of the Lord, we've got to understand it's his house. And he's, he runs his house a certain way. You know, there's all these people, and I've said it before, and, and there's some truth to it, talking about hosting the presence of the Lord. How do we become host for the presence of the Lord? And I, I get what the, the saying, and I've said it, and there's some truth to that. But, but really, 
if you think about it, God is hosting us because it's his house. And so our worship back to him is stewarding his house and his presence, how he has asked of us. He's the host. He ought to be. Do you hear what I'm saying? But we've become so self-centered and self-focused that even coming into his presence is all about us and how we host. Do we do it with excellence? Do we, is anybody hearing me this morning? Do we, yeah, how many of you have heard this before? How, do we do it with excellence? Do we do it right? Do we, do we cross all of our T's and our and it becomes all about us instead of worshiping him? It's his house. So we're dwelling in the house of the Lord. So we've got to understand it's his house and how do we how do we live in his house? What does God expect when we come into his house? Oh my my my, this is good preaching and ain't nobody shouting me down this morning. David tells us that who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? What does it say? What does the Bible say? He's got clean hands and a pure heart. Uh-oh. Is anybody getting nervous this morning? Do we need to do a hand and heart inspection today? What's on your hands and in your heart? And I'm promising you that the, the stuff out in the foyer ain't going to take off what's on your hand. You need the washing of the water of the word and the blood of Jesus. It's the only thing that's going to get it off. If you want to come into his house, if you want to dwell in the house of the Lord, he requires holiness. Oh, pastor, are you going to preach holiness? Yes, I am. Because that's what the Bible says. God says, be holy as I am holy. That's what it says. <laughs> it hasn't changed. Say, pastor, I liked it better when I, I felt comfortable in my sin. That's okay. The light is shining. And if you want to be in his house, if you want to be in the house of the Lord, not just on a camera, not just in a building, but you want to be in the house of the Lord. If I want to dwell there, I got to know it's his house and I got to know what he requires in his house. I think sometimes we're more careful when we go into other people's homes to make sure we take off our shoes and we're respectful and do what's right in, a, in another person's home than we are when we come into the house of the Lord. Because we give our tithes or so our time, our talents, we think all of a sudden it's our building, our house, and we get to determine what happens in the building. We get to say... I'm not just telling it about you. It's, it starts right here too. This is his house. We want revival. If we want to live in his presence, we got to recognize it's his house. And he dictates what happens, when it happens, and how it happens. Even when it's uncomfortable. Even 
even, listen to me, even when you don't look like it. Because I guarantee you, when God says, if you want to come into my house, you don't have clean hands and pure heart. It's the same reason why David said, search my heart, oh God, know my ways. Because he knew. And what did he say? You can have it all, but take not, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Take not your presence from me. He understood that if I want to live in the tabernacle, if I want to be, I screwed it up. I killed a man and had an, had an affair. I screwed it up. And so if I, if I want that to be dealt with and I want to live in his presence, I've got to repent. I've got to get it cleaned out. I've got to deal with it. I've got I to get on the altar. Paul told us in Romans that we're to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to the Lord. We got we to lay ourselves on that altar. Say, burn, baby, burn. Let it burn, Jesus. Burn up the mess because I want to live in your presence. You might even be here and say, I don't know how to change. I recognize that God requires holiness. I recognize, you might be watching online, I, I recognize that God requires holiness. It's His house. And I know that I'm, I'm not fit in my own self to come into His house. But I don't know how to change. It's a great prayer to pray. David said, one thing I've desired, is it, is it your desire to be in His house? Go back to the very beginning of this thing. Is He the light of your salvation? He's the one that does the transforming work. He's the one that takes off our ragged garments and puts on the righteous robes. He's the one that takes off the spirit of heaviness and puts on the garment of praise. He's the one that takes off the, the sin and the guilt and the shame and changes us and makes us His own, has called us out and calls us in to declare His excellencies. So yeah, it's His house, and yes, He expects holiness, but there's a demand that we then must place on Him. Lord, do what you command, but give what you command. Philippians 2 says he that He will give you both the will and the do. He will change and transform, not only your being, but your actions and your doing, your desires and who you are. He changes everything. So if I want to live in His presence, I want you to think back to the prodigal son here with me for a moment. Think back to the prodigal son. I'm going to stay up here on the stage because the poor camera people are trying to keep up with me. Think back to the prodigal son. I want to walk so bad. Think back to the prodigal son. The father met him outside the house. The father met him outside the house. He said, we're going we're gonna to go in and party. We're going to go in and have a good time. But first, I need, my, I need my helpers to bring you the right clothes. Go get him the best robe. Go get him the ring. He's going to come into my house. I want him there. I've made room for him in my home. He's got a, he's got a room with his name on it. He's got, he still has everything as though he never left. It's all there waiting for him but we're just gonna meet him right here outside the house, get him all ready and bring him in. See, you don't have to figure it out. He'll make you ready. So if you're gonna dwell in the house of the Lord, you gotta know it's his house and what he requires. And I'm gonna be there the days of my life. And my purpose in being there is what? 
What does it say in Psalms 27, verse 4? My purpose in being there is to behold the beauty of the Lord. Why? I can can see Him on my own. I just say this for my... I, I see Him in my own. When I worship Him on my own, when I... When I pray on my own, I see Him, I experience Him. But when I get together with fellow believers, when I get together with my church family, I see Him differently. I see Him in the expression of the body. I see Him in the expression of the unity of the saints. I I see, oh, it's great to be, and, and, and it's great to worship on my own. But when I see Him in the expression of the body together, there's something different. There's something powerful about that. I, I feel like, I feel like when, I, when, when we step into the throne room, it's like we're going, and I'm not just there by myself. I've got a bunch of people who are worshiping with me who are we're going together into the throne room. And in that expression, I see the beauty of God in and that. Is, I see God and I see Him in His people. That's how God displays His glory. He's beautiful perfect in his own way and yet he displays in each of us unique characteristics how you worship I see his beauty why am I in the house of the Lord my gosh I'm here because I want to see him I'm here because I want to see I get to see you too but I'm looking for him in you I get to see your sometimes beautiful face. But I I get to see Christ in you. So, let me ask you. If it's our ambition and our goal to see Christ in one another, how do you think that changes how we interact with one another? Just say it. It changes things, right? Because I'm like Hebrews, going to provoke you on to good works because I want to see Christ in you. I'm not going to let you sit and stagnate and sour because I want you preserved blameless. There's There's a preserving effect of the Word of God that I'm preaching to you. I want you, if you're watching, I'm going to do something that I, my wife may shoot me later and she can. But if you're watching on virtual and you're part of our church and you haven't been back in the building since we opened the building, you know who you is. And I realize there are some folks that can't because of health issues. I get that. That's not who I'm talking to. You is going to the grocery store. You is going to your friend's house. You know who you is. You're doing all that stuff, but you haven't been back in the house. I want you, I want you to listen. I have not spent six years preaching, preserving power of the gospel to you for you to sit at home and sour. That's all I'll say about that. I feel better. I, I have been preaching the word to you because I want the effect of the I want to see Christ in you. And I can't see Christ in you because you is on a camera. You need to get here so I can see you and know that Christ is in you. I want to know that you're I want to know that you're living like Jesus, not like the devil. I want to behold this beauty in your life. 
I need to see Jesus in you. <laughs> I need to see Jesus. There is so much stuff in the world today. You can see so much depravity. You can see so much depravity. But we need to see Jesus. We need to behold His beauty in one another. And we need to behold His beauty as He is. I felt God just... You know, I, I love how God shows up in church. I mean, it's His house after all. So I love, I love how He... I love, though, how He just... Every, every day, it's different. Every day, He shows up different. But I just love it. I love to see His beauty. I love to see His beauty on our team. I love... I, <laughs> if there ain't no beauty coming out of our team... Guess what? I want to see Jesus in you. <laughs> you know, I love seeing, I love hearing the sound of heaven. I love seeing Jesus to behold his beauty. What did David say? I want to behold. Why? I didn't go to the house of the Lord to judge. I didn't go to the house of the Lord to, to catch up with the Joneses. I didn't go to the house of the Lord to have the next best whatever. I didn't go to the house of the Lord to show off my car or my watch or my clothes or my this. I didn't go to the house of the Lord to sing my best or to show off how I can do kids ministry the best or do this the best or whatever. I went, I just want to see the beauty of the Lord. I get so, I'm, man, filter is off today. I, uh, I get so frustrated sometimes when people, they, they do what they do because they want you to notice them. I know nobody's done that, right? I, I, I'm serving, or I'm doing, I'm serving groceries or packing bags. Pastor, you see how many bags I'm packing? I'm here slaving. Good for you. I just want to see the beauty of the Lord. I, if, if that's if the motivation of your heart is to see the beauty of the Lord in every can you pack, you'll be here every day putting those cans in those bags. Not because you want to show off, because you want to see something. I don't come here every day because I get a paycheck. I come here every day because I want to see something. I'll let that sink in. I don't come here because I get paid to do this. I can get paid to do a whole lot of other things. <laughs> and I can get paid to do a whole lot of other things that I could probably do a lot better than pastoring. <laughs> I mean, let's just be real. Whoever says, I want a pastor, man, that's a passion of my heart. It's a calling, right? God chooses the, the weakest and the worst and says, guess what you're going to do? <laughs> and every pastor said amen. <laughs> I forget where I was going with that. <laughs> you got to see something. That's what it is. I come here to see something. I come here to see something. You know what I come here to see? I talked about seeing you all. But, but there's a vision. There's a vision. I'm not talking about a planning goal vision or vision board and all those things. There's a vision that God has given me for this house. It's God's given our church for this house. Something that he wants to. So I come every day saying, okay, how's God's beauty showing up in this thing? What's he doing? How's this vision being lived out? What's happening in the people? What's happening in our community? What's happening in our region? I'm on the lookout. God, I want to see you. I, I go looking for miracles. Some days I have to go looking for a lot of miracles. But I'm looking. 
I'm looking for how Jesus is showing up. I'm looking for his beauty. I, you know, and when you do that, you don't have time to go looking at the news. You don't have time to go looking at the mess. You don't have time to go try to figure out somebody else's business. We read it last week, mind your own business. We don't have time for all that. M-Y-O-B, it's right in Philippians. I don't have time for that. I, just, I need to see Jesus. David said, the one that I just need, I just need to see Jesus. I'm going to read this whole thing from... I'm going to start over from verse one. I'm going to preach all the way from the beginning to the end. No, I'm joking. I just want to read it in its entirety. I've broken it up. I want you to hear this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I want to, I don't have time to go through the whole chapter. I'd love to preach the whole chapter, but for the sake of time, I'm not going to do that. But I am going to wrap up with verse 14. If all of this seems foreign to you, and you're just not real sure where to start, start at the end. Verse 14, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord you're not sure where to go today or how to begin, God, I'm not, even, I'm not even sure that I'm hungry for your presence. I don't even know what it means. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait in his presence. Don't, don't try to jump ahead or get busy or preoccupied. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. Why don't you stand with me this morning?